Good morning, everybody. It's us again, the Talking Hats. I'm Dale, that's Harish. I'm coming at you live. I'm back home in Virginia, uh, out here in the Commonwealth. It is 10.37 a.m. on this beautiful Saturday morning. I forgot to shoot out the tweet to remind y'all the show was going to be recording uh, at this time, but uh, maybe I'll get one out during the show. Maybe, you know, if anybody sees it, you can hit us up and jump on in with us. Um, we're expected to be joined today by my, my brother, Chris, to talk some football and, and his playing experience and all of that. Um, but we're going to lead things off with, uh, uh, you know, until he jumps in, we're going to lead things off uh, talking about the struggling Wizards. Um, I'm going to kick it over to Harish to get us started, and we can go back and forth on this, um, this nonsense. <laughs> I mean, where, where can we start? I mean, there's so many holes that we can talk about going Man. from superstar Bradley Beal not showing up or to how the supporting players that we thought were going to step up and become the second and third leading scorer on the team are not even even showing up. How Rui Hachimura is not even in the game. I don't know what's going on with that. We'll touch on that in a minute. Yeah, too. Yeah. In my honesty, if you listen to our last week's show, I agree with what Dale is saying. Is Maybe it is time to trade Bradley Beal. It kind of seems that he is not stepping up to the plate. It just kind of makes me wonder, where is the Bradley Beal from – Last year, where he could just take over a game, even though Westbrook was there, I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Westbrook. But when you see your team is struggling, you should be able to come there and 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 take take it over. Who cares what the coach says or what everybody says? Because you're losing. And what frustrated me the most that loss to the Kings should have never happened. Never happened. No, I mean they were in control. So I, I mean I, I couldn't I couldn't see the game because it was kind of late, but I did catch the highlights. And to and and there's one thing that's consistent over and over and over. It's the lack of communication on defense. Um, there's too many open shots in the paint where Gafford does not need to step up and guard a three-point shooter. He needs to protect that paint. I mean, you can step out from time to time, but if there's no communication within the back ends of the court, you're not going to get stops. I mean, they were they were neck and neck, and all of a sudden they went on a what? A, 12 to they went on an insane run the kings did and that's what happened again against um denver and then that's what happened against the previous game they played so at the end of the day you have to like question their fortitude i mean because i'm not i'm not saying that the men but at the end of the day you have to look yourself in the mirror and be like we can't lose games like this and they're losing bad they're not even losing like a few points man at this point like i, I was i'm not i I'm not going here yet. I'm not going to start. I'm not going to question the coach yet. Uh, he's still a new coach. It's still it's still early in the season, um, but they've lost four straight. Uh, in the Pistons game, they very well could have lost that game. Oh, so yeah. it could easily be five straight. But I'm going to, you know, they got it. So I'm going to say four straight because it's, it's four straight. They they've lost four straight. Uh, blown out by the Jazz. Uh, I was at the Denver game. Um, I'll get into that in a minute after after we you know get into the fact that they've lost four straight. Uh, Denver, uh, like you said, the Kings, good grief. Come on, man. That, that's a game. This team, I was projecting them, you know, top three in the East. Uh, a top three in the East team can't lose to the Kings. The Kings no. are – they're solid, but they're not, they're not going to be playoff contenders in the West. So, if you see yourselves there at the end, you can't lose to teams like that. And then they got housed by the Suns, which, I mean, the Suns are the second-best team in the league. So, that's not too shocking, but the game could have been closer. Yeah, see – my concern with the team is is the fact that 
and, and this gets into what I saw at the, at the, at the Nuggets game. Um, I saw Dinwiddie out there looking lost. Every time he was on the court, he looked lost. He didn't appear to have a role on the team, and that is vastly different from the way the season started. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the start of the season, he was a, the number two behind Beal. Like, it, there was no question who your top two players were. It was Beal and it was Dinwiddie, and their numbers were about even. Beal, it wasn't like Beal was like 20-plus points a game. He was mm-hmm. around 17. Dinwiddie mm-hmm. was right there with them, and mm-hmm. they were winning. So what's going on now? Like, Dinwiddie's not scoring at all, and they're losing. And mm-hmm. Bill, is, Bill is up to his average. So, like, we need to get back to what they were doing with, with the, the good perimeter defense mm-hmm. and the even scoring between those two to get this team back on track. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Dinwiddie has been, like, dim where? Like, dim who? Like, at the end of the day, I mean, even with Bradley, where's Bradley? I mean, it's like, it's like where's Waldo? Where's well, Bradley like here? I said about his numbers, he's he's up to his average of the past few games. He's well over 20, I think into mm-hmm. the 30s in one of these. Um, so he's he's getting it done, but is that is that what's best for the team? Yeah, is that and, taking and I, food out of other players' mouths and they're getting – like, maybe everybody's getting mm-hmm. lost. Yeah, and, and, and I also feel that, like, uh, the only reason why I'm putting a lot on Bradley Beal is he says he wants to win. And he wants to win now before all this contract negotiations start for his extension. He's not going to be back next year. I'm going to tell you that right now. I mean, the well, way he, he, he's got his, his contract is up after next season. That's when he's up for that 200 million. So he, mm-hmm. he, he can be here next year if they want to keep him. But like mm-hmm. you said, and like I've been saying, yeah, I, for me, <laughs> it might be time to make a move. So there was, I think I saw this on Twitter. Somebody did some sort of like, I think the, 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 the program that you use to see if these trades were work or whatever. Uh, NBA uh, trade generator. Yeah. Some, yeah. That, that's the one. So, the, so they said trade Davis Bertans, um, uh, Kyle, not Kyle Kuzma, but um, uh, uh, Montrez, Harold, maybe? Harold. Yeah, Harold. People and um, I think I forgot who the third one was for John Wall. <laughs> nah, nah, man, I'm I'm out on that. Uh, yeah, I'm out on that. But nah. I did hear something crazy on AWOD show when I was kind of driving in today. Um, I would say this: somebody was saying bring back Agent Zero, Gilbert Arenas. I mean, you know, in a in a in a pipe dream scenario, I, I, he posts videos all the time about how he still has it. Um, it's a he's different. a guy who I, I you know, how I wonder how old is he now? Uh, let's he's see. not that. I mean, he came into the he league very young. He has to be in his young. late 30s. Yeah, but still, he still can ball, man. I mean, all you need is like 10 points from him, 10 to 20 He's points. He's 39. I mean, oh, you-, I, you know, I'd bring in a guy like um, Jordan, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jordan Crawford to be just mm. a, 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 a instant instant offense score. I, I'd bring him in before I brought him in arenas because he actually played in the league. If he didn't play yeah. last season, I don't think he did. He was in the league within the past I, couple of years. You know, and uh, I, I really wanted Isaiah Thomas. I really wanted Isaiah Thomas yeah. to come back. I mean, like, he was a phenom when he was not. Did you injured. see him last night? No. Hey, he was – I mean, obviously he can still ball. I mean, he, he dropped 41 and it's the G League. But last no. night he was playing with the Lakers. And he was out there hitting some threes. So he is definitely a guy. He's going to have a role on, on the Lakers team. Mm-hmm. He could have had that role on this team. Um, the problem is they've got already two very small backup point guards. Yeah. So bringing him in would have been even, even more of a liability on defense. Their starting backcourt has size. Um, mm-hmm. And then Woody, I guess, got mad. Like at, in, the, in the Nuggets game, um, like I said, he was out there looking lost. At the very end of the game, when it was over, he started playing bully ball against the Nuggets, smaller, like Compazzo and them smaller guards. He's a big guard. Like, he could 
be playing that way all he could be bullying all the time. Like he was like screw this, like taking it to the post, like dominating them. Like he that's he can be that kind of player. And he can also shoot. He just can't he can't mm-hmm. be out there and not having a role. So like, that doesn't think, that's on the coach. So do you, I, I, that's what I was my second point. What my, yeah. my point was going to be is when you say, does it go back on Unsell Jr., even though he's a new character, yes. trying to figure his way out. Yeah. Or maybe it's because everybody now has film on the Wizards. They've played and they're guarding them and they're trying to nah. kind of throw them off. No, nah, I can't I can't bail the coach out with that because everybody's mm-hmm. got film on everybody. Um, mm-hmm. and especially the Nuggets, like he was with mm-hmm. the Nuggets. He, who has more film on the Nuggets than him? That's um, also, the yeah, Wizards the Wizards had won the pre- the previous three games in Denver. So I figured a former assistant coming back into Denver for the first time would be able to at least keep that game close. The score at the end was close, but that game was never in question for mm-hmm. the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think uh, Jokic got thrown out of that one. Or was that? The yeah, I think game? he did. I, th- I think was he got thrown out for some. Uh... Oh, yeah, because he argued the call. Uh, I think, I think he argued the Maybe call. I might be conflating two games, but either way, this game was not as close as the score looks because mm-hmm. the Nuggets were dominating all game. And I didn't see that coming. I I, I think I bet the Nuggets, but um, <laughs> yeah, I bet the Nuggets because when I go to a game, I, I bet the home team just yeah. to have some interest in the game. But um, yeah. I thought the game would be closer with West coming back. Um, mm. Then being the Heat had been But there, you know what? But There's something. So didn't play going, going back to Dimwitty's knee, we've we we've we've discussed on previous shows, yeah, he's not sure. fully healthy. In my opinion, I don't think he's fully healthy yet. Like, because even though he was bullying in the Denver game, as you stated, I also think that he had to do it. I mean, because he got, he just had to do it. But I think his knee is not fully like recovered in the sense that it's he hasn't he 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 can't take like hitting like people can't box him. I mean, even though these guys go through immense amount of like you know off training and and rehab and everything, it's different when you get on the floor and try to like you know, put pressure and everything. So I can't say, I mean, you can't make that an excuse because at the end of the day, if you can't play, you should tell the coach, Hey, I can't play. Something is wrong because you can't further injure yourself and put the team at a detriment. You know, and I believe that's what's happening is he needs to, cause he can shoot too, just like Beal. He can shoot the three, he can shoot the jump shot. But I think what they need to do is stop playing three ball like, in all honesty, they can't shoot the three now. I mean, they shoot it when they can. Go back to the medium-sized perimeter game and then make them guard you. Like, make them guard you because that's what your strengths are. Go back to the pick and roll. Go back to that. And then pick and pop. Like, Kuzma can – Kuzma 6'10". And, 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 and in the previous game against the Suns, he only had, what, single digits? That's that, that's inexcusable. That, yeah. That's Do you know why he was out? Did he have COVID? Kuzma, I, I didn't yeah. see anything that he had COVID. He missed the Nuggets game. I think he might have missed the previous guy. I know he wasn't playing against the Nuggets, and I can't huh. remember why. Um, but if whatever he's coming back from, um, mm-hmm. maybe that's why he struggled in this, in this last game. But, but him him getting back into his role would definitely help the team. Yeah. But like I said, they have to get into where they were playing more team ball and not Bradley having to do everything. Yeah, no, I um, and I, I, don't, I don't see why they can't go to the pick and roll more. I mean, you have Gafford, you have players who can do that really like substantially. I mean, but they don't, they don't really have that kind of point guard though. They don't really have a pick and roll point guard. Um, Dinwiddie's I, I, not that. Um, I, I mean, Neto can, Neto can maybe do that, but he's coming off the bench. That's um, true. And maybe him and Harold can run that kind of game. But um, uh, if you're on, on the AWOD show, I was saying that, um, you know, talent has gotten them to the point where they were the, the top two. Uh, they were number one at the point 
in the mm-hmm. East. I said talent, talent got them there. And I said the true test of, of the whole team and the coaching was going to be when they hit this West Coast swing. And they, have, they haven't won a game on it. So is that a referendum on the coaching? Uh, who knows? You know they, what? Sometimes, West, like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, like, because, because basketball doesn't have bye weeks, right? Like, like NFL, they they just have like a couple of days it's off here and there. I think what the coaching staff needs to do is look at themselves and say, "Hey, how did we start the season, and how can we get back to that?" Because they're, they they changed something, and it's not working. It's just it's just not working. It might but, it might. Maybe we can give them a bailout and the fact that the roster has been, the lineup itself has been so inconsistent here on this road swing. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some solace coming in the fact that the West Coast portion of the swing ends tonight with the Jazz. Um, I would like to see them, I would like to see them get that one. I'm not, I don't, it's probably not going to happen, but so that'll be five straight losses on on the West Coast swing. You know what? The funny thing is you called that. If you saw two, two our previous show or, 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 or a show before that, Dale did definitely said that they can go zero and five, zero and five. And I don't, I don't want to toot my horn about being right about that because that sucks, man. That that's just yeah. they're they're five hundred right now. They're going to be under five hundred when they lose tonight. But yeah. and and then uh, the next game, they come next. They got the Nets. I mean, where's the break? And then after that, the Knicks aren't any slouch. I mean, yeah. So do you feel like? I mean, we'll wrap this up after this. Kind no, of, we won't. We got a lot to talk about on the Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> maybe with this kind of like segment in the sense that like this first segment of like how bad they are, but it's just that as, as a fans, right. We saw the potential early on in the season and we're like, yay. We're like, like I called above 50 wins. Okay. That, and I'm that like, typical DC I'm, false hope, man. I oh called, I called above 50 wins too, man. I, I really felt, I really felt that they were a top, top three seed in the yeah. East with the way the team, they look just like, they really looked like they had gelled. And I, I was, I was so much hope. Um, but like I said, they got the they got the Jazz, Nets, uh, freaking uh, Knicks. But then they come back home and they get the Sixers. And Rui will be back in that game. Rui's coming back when they get home. He's so ready what, to go. He, so just didn't, he, just, he just didn't go on the road trip. He's ready. Hmm. He's ready to is go. It, is it still the mental thing that he's having? Like, is he still out there with that mental kind of thing? Honestly, probably what it was, and nobody said it. He put a lot into the Olympics, and he was probably just drained. Um, mentally be. and physically from that. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. I haven't heard about any injuries. Yeah. And it was just probably him just just recovering from that off season grind. I know. I know Japan worked them dudes because they figured they had a strong team with him, and so yeah. he probably put so much into that that he just needed. Yeah. I mean, that's true too because emotionally, when you're playing for your country, like you want to give it all, and sometimes when you give it all and you, and, and the and the results don't don't add up to what you did. It is a very daunting task to come back and actually, like, you know, play basketball again. Because sometimes you just don't want to play anymore because you yeah. just feel that I give it all I got and what and what was the result. So I can understand him, but I, um, I think they should start Kispert more. I, I, I just feel that he has something that can kind of ignite, even though up. he's hit or miss. But yeah, no, he's that picked that up from outside. Yeah, he's picked up. I mean. He can he, he can pop that and also in the 18 feet from the foul line to the basket. I think he's exceptional. I think he's like maybe the highest percentage shooter in the league, in my opinion, if he can get a chance or an opportunity. Uh, he's looking better. Uh, with more time, he's just going to continue to improve. I have mm-hmm. I have high hopes for him. Um, 
at some point, maybe if not getting big minutes due to the glut of talent at the position, mm-hmm. um, at least getting uh, filling into a, a consistent role with the team. And like yeah. I said, I would like to see them move some of the, some of those guys they have it, have it at that spot so he can mm-hmm. get more minutes. Um, and Garrison Matthews is still balling. That still makes me salty. I'm not yeah, going to go down too, that man. road again. I'm, I'm still. Can we? Could we trade for him at least? Like, can we get him like back, or is that like a or is that a pipe dream? Uh, I don't see. I don't think Houston would make that kind of move because the way they're playing right now, like they're they're playing really well. Um, mm. And they started off. I mean, I don't, they went through a stretch where they went didn't win. Like, I don't know, like. 10 or plus games in a row they lost yeah. something like that but now they're they're starting to gel i don't think they they tinker with their roster at all even uh john wall said he wanted to come back they're not making that move either because the team is playing well so right. i can't see them getting rid of anybody at this point mm. now if you made them an offer they couldn't refuse but would you do that for garrison matthews i mean no no that's too much rich like it has yeah. to be like a star player if you're gonna if, you, if you're gonna like well I don't know how rumor this is and people might hate me for saying this. And I, and I know a lot of people are not a big fan of this, but the Lakers, I read somewhere on Twitter. Don't know how far this is true. They said and on Instagram that they're not the Westbrook, uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron thing ain't working. And, and they might want to ship Westbrook. Me. I I've think that, yeah. if I think maybe bring back Westbrook, cause he's fully healthy now. I mean, and, and kind of reignite, that kind of thing, or is that a bad move? Here's the thing. Um, those rumors are out there, but if the Lakers were going to make a move, uh, I think at this point LeBron is, is tired of Anthony Davis's shenanigans. He got hurt again last night. The, last night, that joint, anybody's going to get hurt on that, but he's always hurt, though. Like, he's not a guy you can count on. Before he got hurt, Carl Anthony Towns was bodying him in the post. Like, he mm-hmm. he did the too small thing when he, when he <laughs> bodied him once. Like, Anthony Davis is supposed to be a top five player in the league. He's out there getting bodied by a cat. Yeah. Like, cat is, he, he, I mean, he's starting to play better this year, but he has some seasons where he had vanished. Um, if you're out there getting bodied by him and you're supposed to be a top five player, like, some, what's going on? But I think, LeBron, if they made a move, like I said, I'd trade Anthony Davis for DeMontis Sabonis straight up. Um, oh, they, if, yeah. they, if they want to have hopes of getting to the title this year, they need Sabonis to get that dude it. out of there. But yeah. I don't. So why I don't is Indiana shipping Sabonis? Like, why, why are they even putting him out as trade? They're bait? just for some reason. Well, I guess the team hasn't uh, lived up to expectations this season, and I mm-hmm. guess they're panicking. It's still early, but they're talking about blowing up the entire team. They're talking about moving Turner, Lavert. Lavert is a baller. Um, I want Lavert. If we can get Lavert, dude, he's I, got I, the I same be... injury concerns that Dinwiddie had coming in the coming off the, the knee injury and all that. And he had, a, he had like a kidney thing or something. Too. Oh yeah. So yeah, you like you, a cancer yeah, or something also... like that. Yeah, he had some. He had something internally wrong. I don't know if it was a kidney or something. But then I think he had some kind of cancer. Um, mm. But he's he's good now. But um, last still, season that that took him out. Um, yeah. Uh, so they're trying to blow things up. Um, and I, I've been saying maybe the Wizards need to be along those same lines because yeah, you love to have a player like Beal, but at the end of the day, the goal should be winning championships, not just having max mm-hmm. players on your roster. Nuggets. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards that now because even though they say Beal is the heartbeat of the team as it is, but if he is, if one person can't hold back an entire team, you know what I'm saying? To see the future. And if he needs to get moved to make him happy, to get to a contender and in return, you get somebody in return that can help the team. 
then you have to do what you got to do. You can't, I mean, yeah. it's unfortunate, but it's business. At the end of the day, it's a business. So like anything yeah. else in sports, it's business. It's just that. And who knows if Bill wins a ring with another team, we all will be happy because he deserves it. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, shoot, whatever. As long as it, at the end of the day, I'm all about making the wizards better. I don't, I don't know Bradley Beal. So I'm not, I'm not going to right. um, hold the, those personal feelings for him. I, I love him as a player, but I want the wizards to be better at the end of the yep, day. No, hundred um, percent. We can, we can uh, keep knocking about, about the wizards or, or something else for the next, Chris will be on in about five minutes. So he's going to okay. jump in with us. Oh, see on how now. about, and once we that happens, we're going to switch gears to football. So. Yes. So <laughs> if, if anybody don't know, um, we have Chris Royal coming South Lakes, um, South Lake. Uh, I, I, I want to use a, an adjective that can describe him like an amazing South Lakes individual who kind of broke the record and still holds the record in South Lake. Yeah, if you're local, you know South Lakes High School, Grand Hill, um, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. If you remember Georgetown back in the day, he went there. Um, and a phenom at Marshall, phenom at Marshall. So tune in, call us. Maybe you can ask him a few. I'm posting a tweet right now, so. Yeah. So, hey, we're live right now, guys. So if you guys want to call in, we're all there. The number's there. Um, just please do call, like, and subscribe, everything. So, so um, you want to talk Wizards, about the, um, how Deion Sanders at Jackson State got the number can, one Yeah, player? we can get into that as soon as Chris gets on. I, yeah. I want – because I know he's um, – He's all over that one. So I'm, I'm look, I'm mm-hmm. anxious to see what the football talk. We're going to jump right into that. We can, yeah. we can close out with the wizards. Um, we, what they've got coming up. Like I said, they've got the jazz tonight, the nets, Knicks, Sixers, okay. heat, so, Cavs, Bull, like which one of these games are they going to win? <laughs> no, they've lost four straight. They could easily, lose. they could. Okay. So they could easily, they could, they're going to lose tonight one. Yeah. You know what, you know who they're going to beat and it won't make any sense. The nets. They'll See, beat the I Nets. Was the That's same not going to make any sense. <laughs> but they're going to do it. They're going to beat the Nets. Yeah, really? I, check the receipts after that happens. They're going to mm-hmm. beat the Nets. And and they're going to beat the Nets by at least double digits. At least double digits. It, it, they'll pull away at the free throw line. At the free throw line, they'll pull away. It'll you be know, close to the when third. They, when they win those games, they're sometimes like blowouts that don't make any sense. So right. they they could they could easily like just go out there because you get hyped up against teams like this is the Super Bowl when you're playing against the Nets they go out there <laughs> and get hyped up then what do you drop forty like out of nowhere I'm yeah, just going zero the previous like yeah so it'll, it's gonna be one up? of those kind of games uh-huh. and then they'll lose to the Cavs a couple games mm-hmm. later like you like scratch your head and be like okay you played like a phenom and then all of a sudden you come back and then all of a sudden you're just like zero like doesn't make any sense does not make any sense yeah man uh <laughs> man i just they're okay they're in seventh place right now in the east um yeah. i just i'm at a loss man i we've said a <laughs> lot we've said a lot and here at the end of it i just but i don't how know the mighty have fallen right in the beginning of the season everyone still want to believe like, we we fool's gold, brother. Fool's gold. Like, hey, but but we're not saying that it they can't turn it around. I mean, it's still early, but the last few games it kind of shows who the Wizards are. They don't know who they are. That's the thing. They don't they don't have an identity. They don't know who's supposed to take the reins, and that's a very scary thing to do. So much talent on this roster. Yeah, so much. They just gotta. It's, it's on the coach to be able to utilize all this. And, uh, um, it looked like early on that they were running some kind of system. Now they're back to mm-hmm. that hero ball thing. 
Yeah. Got to get back to what they were doing. But like you said, yeah. get back to what they were doing. And I think, and, and, and as we stated before, uh, we can give Unsud a little bit of a longer leash because yep. he's trying yep. to kind of figure out things. And, and at the end of the day, that's all you need is try to figure it out. But how long is that leash going to last? Like, is it going to be till next year? Because this is Tommy Shepard's main kind of hire. If you look at it as a coach, he's done great things with the players. He's done great things in personnel changes. But now this is what's going to define Tommy Shepard is, can he get a good coach to come here and coach these guys up and make them play the way they're supposed to play? That's going to be his other legacy is, can he get the right person, right coaching staff in here? And yep, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm, 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 we can shift gears from the depressing Wizards now. We yeah. usually talk a little bit of Nuggets. I'll touch on them just for a second. Um, they're playing better. Um, Jokic is still playing at an MVP type level. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they consider him two years in a row. But his numbers this year are better than last year. It's mm-hmm. just the team is not as good. Um, and that's due to the fact that they're, I mean, Murray was all warming up hard before the Wizards game. So it looks like he could probably play today if, if they w- would let him. Um, but he, they're probably bringing him back in March. Um, so yeah. with him coming back, um, with uh, Jokic playing at the level he is, uh, the guys, maybe they'll make him, like Aaron Gordon has started, pick, started to pick it up. Um, this, they're still a strong team, and they, they should actually still finish around sixth or seventh because the West is so strong. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, either way, they're a playoff team. I mean, in all honesty, like, they can go to the Western Conference Finals. Even though you're in the sixth and seventh position, it doesn't really matter in the West. It's just nah. – you're going to be playing a tough out. team no matter where you're seeded. Exactly. Seeding so doesn't matter. In the East, even the even the Wizards, even it, it, it's like I'm just I can't even believe I'm saying this right now. They can even go if they can get their act together. They, they can even go. Like I mean, it's just that team early in the season that was a Western that was an Eastern Conference Finals type of team. They just mm-hmm. they can they can and they should get back there, especially with guys coming back. Like I said, Rui's coming back when they get home. Right. Uh, Bryant should be back shortly. So yeah. let's. Let's not give up yet. Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's keep the faith, guys. Let's keep the faith. Meanwhile, the Warriors are still pulling away, and Clay is due to come back, um, if not the end of this month, very early in in January. So they're 24 and 5. When he comes back, they probably won't lose again. So. I mean, they that, that team looks very scary, like very yeah. scary. I don't think any other team in the West can compete with them, but. It's, not right now. Not yeah. right now, no. You know, some some teams can make some moves. The Lakers will probably make a move because, you know, they see that this is not a championship team. So Mm-mm. expect them to be there at the end, but not not with this current roster construction. What was that uh, guy's name who went to the Bulls and was balling out? Um, God. DeRozan? No, not, not DeRozan. Oh, um, oh, 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 Caruso. Caruso. Yeah. <laughs> I've been reading a lot of these other Instagram pages. Like, why do the Lakers give him off because of the money? And that now like, hey, if, if the Bulls weren't doing so well, the Lakers will be looking at getting him back. But the Bulls are second seed in the East. They're not going to give that dude up. Nah. Uh, not I mean, he went thing. like he went from a role player to like a superstar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's one of those he's one of those guys you love to have on your team and you hate to play against like uh, Patrick Beverly and those type of guys, just yeah. some scrappy get under your skin type of dudes. Mm-hmm. And he gets under your skin. Cause you look at him and you don't think that that dude should be balling out on you, but he balls yes. out on everybody. <laughs> you're like, you're like, how is somebody's dad out here? Like dropping, dropping buckets on me. But I mean, he, the dude is he, Flat out baller. When he retires, he's gonna be just be dropping by Lifetime Fitness. It's like he, you show up, nobody's gonna pick him. He'll be the last pick, and then he'll drop forty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks, as we always say, looks can be very deceiving. 
looks yeah. to be very deceiving. I'm I'm 5'8 old man, but if I, I show up at your gym, you won't pick me, and then I'll, I'll drop threes all over your head too. So yes, Dale can ball. If anybody can, if everybody wants to challenge one on one, Dale. I can't ball. ball. I can shoot. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not get it confused. I I got no handles. Um, I can play D for a, for a shorter guy, but I, I'll shoot the I'll shoot the lights out of the gym. I, I'll put my shot up against anybody, anybody. LeBron, you want to have a shootout? Uh, I'll take you down. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go toe to toe with stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll pay to see that. I'll I pay to see that. God dang it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a six foot one Indian guy that could that I could <laughs> basketball was a body on somebody. I could put body on somebody. Yeah. I played center <laughs> all my life. And then when I actually saw like a seven foot guy, I'm like, this ain't gonna work out for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on a, see, we've been talking all this, like I said, all this drab and, and dreary stuff about the Wizards, but we're sleeping on the fact that the Caps are, are actually playing very well. Yes, they um, are. They won last night. Ovi had a, an empty net goal, mm-hmm. um, so he's leading the league in goals and points. Um, I mean, at at thirty six. So, yeah, I think he's thirty six. At thirty six, he's out there leading the league in, in, in goals and all that. So, uh, and you the know, crazy thing is, yeah, I mean. Like that, this team looks very like like they they have off nights. I mean, every team. I mean, hockey is just a different sport. The defense but is a concern here and there. Goaltending is a concern here and there. But overall, they've been outscoring teams, even though they give up a few. They, you know, and come back. Yeah, they and and mm-hmm. overall they they're 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 getting it done. Um, Hathaway's playing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, just and uh, Wilson's out. Uh, right. Backstrom just came back. Yep. So um, they're they're te- definitely a cup contender, um, and, and the Avalanche are too. So that's going to mm-hmm. be interesting. I, that'd be sweet if it came yeah. down to them two in the in the cup. Yeah. Um, the Caps are, yeah. are coming out there um, in April, I think. I'll be yeah. at that game. Y'all should come out. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome if y'all could come out there. Yeah, it'd be awesome. To be, <laughs> it'd be going on one on one. That'd be crazy. Like you know. So Chris is jumping in with us now. We're going to switch gears into some football talk uh, as soon as he gets up and running here. Um, so we're going to start off probably with, uh, well, do you want to, you want to get into some of his background or you want to jump into right into the name and likeness uh, stuff? With, we with, can get uh, into his background a little bit to let the right. audience know. What I'll let you lead the way on that. I, I um, sent you over some info so you can, you can, you can jump into that. Cause I, you know, I was always there. I know all that stuff. He's like, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give like a very proper introduction because yeah. uh, mm-hmm. welcome, Chris. What up? Hey, what's going on? Not much, Not man. Much. So we have Chris Royal, South Lakes, prodigal son, star corner, star safety at Marshall. Um, just to give a little bit of background, Chris, where did like, like when you played at Marshall, um, since the Brian, the uh, left, which is kind of name is getting thrown into the ring for the Jaguars coaching um, since you've played with him, did you see any kind of um, kind of glimpses of his coaching stature that, that he has today? Like, did you see it back then when you played and, and has he like guided you along or you guided him and kind of had those kind of conversations? Because I sure don't know. Dale probably does, but I sure don't. And then maybe our audience can kind of give a little bit, you can give a little bit of a background on what kind of person he is, how he thought through things in, 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 the, in, in the film room and, you know, your overall take on how this kind of came up to be. Oh, uh, yeah, um, definitely. Byron um, in college was, first of all, as a quarterback, um, was probably one of the greatest thinkers and uh, game managers I've 
I've been around. Like, you know, I talk highly of Ben Roethlisberger from playing against him, but yeah, he was really underrated in terms of how he um, commanded a game, commanded a team. Um, he meant business, but he was also personable and everybody got along with him. So he had a good balance in that realm. Um, and I consider myself a ball hog, getting a lot of interceptions. Not only, you know, what people saw uh, in the games, but um, in practice, I was lighting those guys up. Uh, it was, I mean, three, four picks a day. What was it, uh, Sean Hill? Uh, Stan Hill, yeah. Stan Hill, Stan, Stan Hill. Uh, <laughs> any, any of those other guys, um, you know, but in terms of Byron, um, I probably intercepted him twice um, throughout that whole, you know, throughout that whole year. So uh, that just kind of goes to show you on that. Um, and, but in terms of the coaching stuff, yeah, I did see it uh, early on. I knew he would be um, not only, you know, a great player, but also a great coach because, like I said, he just had – everybody knew, like, that he was different. Like, um, when he walked to a room, it was kind of like – so Coach Pruitt uh, was our coach. He's a legendary, you know, probably a Hall of Fame college football coach. Um when he walked into a room, nobody, like, you could be chattering. Everybody just, okay, that's it. It's done. Everybody be quiet. Because um, you knew Coach Pruitt, when he says something, he meant business. And uh, he only talked when he had something great to say. So uh, um, you just respected him that way. And I'm talking about not just the players, but the coaches knew that when Coach Pruitt walked into the room. Um, same thing with Byron Leftwich. So he would do the same thing. So it was great having both of those guys. And uh, so when uh, Byron, I remember, uh, you know, everybody remembers that game when he got carried down the field. Yeah. And I, but uh, That was the year before you got there, right? No, no, no. That was, oh, that you were was, there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, that was my freshman year. Um, um, so, I, you know, I played in pretty much every game my freshman year. So I was right, you know, right in the mix. Um, yeah. And we, not that game, but the game I wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, leading up to that, we were playing somebody. It, it probably was Akron. That was the Akron game. And we were supposed to be throwing those guys out. It shouldn't even have been, you know, and, and uh, Byron goes into the locker room and he just, no, it was, I'm sorry, it was Virginia Tech. So <laughs> we went there on a Thursday night, um, 80,000 screaming fans. And then I don't know how many, you know, watching on TV. Uh, but, I mean, you couldn't hear a thing at Virginia Tech on a Thursday night. Yeah. You know, and uh, and and everybody on the outside probably was thinking, you know, Marshall would be great if they could hang around with those guys. Mm-hmm. But And we went out the first half struggling. But when we went in the locker room, Byron just let us have it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he let us have it. Coach Pruitt, nobody else needed to say anything. Uh, he went in there, you know, you guys, we, we shouldn't even be, pl- like, playing around with these guys. Like, he's talking about Virginia Tech, like. Disrespect. Even if playing with these guys, you know, we should be blowing them out, yada, yada. So, it just, and, and when you look at it, like, that was kind of clever on his part because it took away all of the, you know, we're all just great to be here with these guys. And it's like, no, like it's football. Like football is still football, you know, Mm -hmm. still execute. We should be blowing these guys out. And uh, so that's kind of what, what Byron brings to the table and he's going to be a great coach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So you would, if you were the Jaguars, is that the move you would make? Um, or would you consider somebody like Eric Bieniemy, or even a wild card like Deion Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, in terms of the Jaguars, I think um, it's an interesting fit because obviously Byron was drafted there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, I definitely think that uh, he would, you know, coming in with a young quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And, have been slowly kind of doing something under the radar in terms of their personnel um, from the days of uh, Tom Coughlin being there doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, their defense is starting to come around and they got some pieces on offense, but they could use some upgrades there. Um, I think it would be a good situation. Um, I would like to see Byron with more of an established program. Uh, yeah, especially with this first gig. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, c- coming off of coaching a guy like Tom Brady, it would be a, it would be a little bit difficult uh, going through the trials and tribulations of coaching a young quarterback. But, I mean, Trevor, I mean, surprisingly, you know, I haven't been high on him. He's actually been doing pretty good. Uh, I actually, he's, he's kind of winning me over a little bit in terms of what he's been doing this year. Um, this, I mean, I know he's, you know, he's not doing great, but he's 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 gonna be okay I think as a quarterback and having a guy like Byron Leftwich to to show him uh some of those leadership intangibles on how to manage a game I think he could be okay but but long story short um if I had to pick somebody to take that job and re-energize that city I'm going with Deion Sanders see that's why that's why I threw that that craziness out there because it it seems far-fetched but I mean the man's uh Results speak for themselves. I mean, who was thinking about Jackson State before last season? Um, and that was even even before – I mean, because of Walter Payton, of course, but, I mean, that's going back <laughs> how long? Um, but that, this, that was even before his, um, his recruiting has gotten uh, really uh, established there. Now um, he's got the number one player in the nation coming in, um, and, and the name and likeness deals are, are starting to um, level mm-hmm. the playing field in college athletics. Um, I don't know if you if you know that uh, he went there because of the deal with Barstool and all that. Well, that's that's alleged, but I mean that, that you know all signs point to that. Yeah, um, yeah. Aside from all of that stuff, because I don't really, I mean, that's not really my thing. I just focus more on you know impact. Um, I was watching on one of the TV shows yesterday, and uh, for the first time in a long time, I've actually heard commentators talking about just impact on the game and not all this stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they were talking about Anthony Davis, but um, long story short, we'll get to probably get to that later, but uh, <laughs> yep. uh, Dean Sanders is one of those guys, like he's not just, he wasn't just a cornerback. He wasn't just this guy or that guy. He was a guy who impacted the outcome of the game yep. just by field. Mm-hmm. And that's why a name like him could come to a city like Jacksonville. Um, obviously going to Florida State, not too far away from there. And uh, but, you know, when you think about Urban Meyer and what he did to, you know, tarnish that uh, reputation of that franchise, mm-hmm. uh, really want to get the fans believing in you again. I mean, you can bring primetime in the door, just walking in the door. That changes everything. And you forget about Urban Meyer immediately. Um, yeah. So. I, th- I think a guy like that, like he's primetime. A guy like that puts Jacksonville back on the map. Um, and like you say, energizes the fan base, and I, I believe he would get results. Like you're gonna, you're gonna believe in and respect a guy like that, a Hall of Famer. Like you say, impact of the game. 
at sometimes on both sides of the field as well as special teams. Just yeah. an all-around impact type of guy, impact personality. He, he's going to command the team just because of who he is. So I couldn't agree more with that. Um, it'd be nice if Shad Khan would consider something like that. Think outside the box. I mean, you've been doing all this in the box thinking all along, bringing in a guy like a, a joke like Herman Meyer. Think outside the box. Let's put your team on the map now. Mm-hmm. And with primetime, I mean, that, that, that is the dark horse. Like, no one would have expected – like, no one even expected Jackson State – I did when they hired him because because <laughs> I do follow a lot of because because if you look at it they changed the way they thought like because no one even thought Jackson State is going to become the up and coming um, college football prowess that they are right now but he changed that team within a couple of years even within a year or two since he was there so if he can do that it's it just a mindset as you said Chris right when Byron came in against Virginia he's like hey guys. We can beat these guys by 40. That's all you need. If you can believe in somebody and go and you can achieve it. And with and if primetime does come to Jacksonville, I guarantee they'll make the playoffs. They will make the playoffs that year because he's played in the league. He knows how people can think and he knows how to manage personalities. He's a huge personality himself. So if someone gets bigger than the team, he can be like, hey, guys, come here. You can't do this. You, you can't or else you're not going to play. And that kind of level of respect that he can, that he brings already, as Dale stated and you stated, at the end of the day, like that's the smarter. Actually, if you look at that's the smarter choice because with even with even Brian with with Leftwich, yes, he's established himself as a corner. I mean, as a, a, as an established coach, but sometimes you don't want somebody can come in and kind of like kind of fail either because I think he may fail if he goes to Jackson. Even though that's like the great choice, he may not be ready for that time show yet. I'm not saying now. And, and well, even you, said, even you said he just needs to keep racking up the rings with Tom Brady and just yeah. stay there until that plays out. I mean, but. stay there until you get the rings. And then maybe even go to like a – because because I know like even if in Kansas City, Andy Reid ain't going to be coaching for that long. I mean, he's going to go somewhere. He's going to retire soon. And Eric Benemy should have gotten a coaching job like last year itself. I don't know why no one picked him off. I mean, it's just it, it, it's just insane to me. But It'd be cool if uh, Leftwich could get on – I mean, Denver's going to be probably cleaning house after this season. That'd be cool to see Leftwich out there with whoever oh. the young quarterback is they bring in. That's an established team. They've got a solid defense, good they weapons do. on the outside, bring him in to work with the young QB. As a QB coach or as like an OC? QB, uh, coach. Oh, oh, head coach. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying that uh, Vanjie is going to go out next year? No, they're, they're going to clean house, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. And that's I mean, that'll be a great landing spot for him too. Yeah. I mean – I mean, primetime, man, if, if he comes back into the league, the league itself will be uplifted, to tell you the truth, <laughs> like with all the, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Carisha. being an old, I mean, Washington football fan slash Redskins fan, I mean, like when he was on the team, I'm like, do something. I mean, but, but at the end of the day, he did. I mean, you, you can ask for what you got, but. Ever since Chris came on last time, you keep bringing up that arm strength thing. Why don't you run that by him real quick? Oh, so the funny <laughs> thing is, I finally kind of understood why you say arm strength is not that kind of like in the creme de la creme thing, because if you look at it, everybody got arm strength. It's just yeah. how you kind of throw the ball. It's like, is it lift or is it? Cause if you look, cause the thing I can compare to is Philip rivers, right? Philip rivers never had the strongest arm. It's the way he delivered the ball. So when I saw Taylor Heineke against, um, was it against, I don't think it was against, that was the game before where he did that. When he threw the sidearm to Antonio Gibson. Yeah. I that mean, was, uh, who was, that? was that was a game before Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, so and then it kind of clicked in my head. I was like, wait a minute, because he if he can throw a 60-yard or 70-yard pass to Terry McLuhan, that's arm strength already. It's not like you can't just dart a – anybody can dart a ball. It's how you can throw the ball, the lift. How and, and I think it's almost like accuracy and lift. If you have accuracy and lift, and if you can get them in, on, the, on the timing, 
I mean, arm strength is just, it kind of like, it kind of factors into everything. So, I mean, at the end of the day, every quarterback has arm strength. It just depends on those other factors that can kind of, you have to look at. And and then I I texted, I was like, I can see why now Chris kind of doesn't really like, he kind of takes that to, not not to the backseat, but he doesn't put so much premise on arm strength. It kind of like, it kind of made me click. I'm like, oh, maybe I've been looking at it the wrong way for all these years. Because all these guys talk, and and that's why I wanted to get your take on it. Is you you hear all these other sports talk shows like, oh, we need arm strength, we need this, we need that, and then when you when you said that you know arm strength is just a byproduct of it, it doesn't mean have to be the necessary number one, but there's other factors that go into it. How do you feel that when others when other sports stars and say, oh, arm strength is this key, and that's what we have to look at a quarterback. Like, how do you refute that, and how can you kind of tell them that, hey, you're not looking at it the right way? Well, I got two names I'll throw out there for you, uh, Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins. That pretty much is all you need to know right there. Um, but you already have kind of gotten on those guys, but what I'm going to tell you is that uh, – a guy like Aaron Rodgers, people probably associate him with great arm strength. Um, Jay Cutler, same type of thing. But uh, if you really watch those guys play, it's not that's not um, really evident in their game. Um, they they know how to put the ball in a position to where whatever receiver is catching the ball, that person is able to handle that that ball. So they they are kind of they think so fast that you can't quantify it. And that's what show up in analytics. Like, uh, and I used to do that when I played, I had guys who, you know, I had big six, four receivers who could catch anything I throw to them. No, throw it. And then you got some of the tight ends who, you know, they're just big guys out there and they, they can run a little bit. So they put them at tight end. So you got the running backs and then you got, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, and uh, you got to know how to position the ball so that each guy can catch it. And instead of saying, because if you watch the TV, it can kind of get you tricked up because mm-hmm. I, I hit him right in the hands. Well, how did it hit him in the hands? What position? A couple of inches up or down for a guy. If you know that guy, you've been practicing with him all year. You know what balls he likes to catch. And if you're throwing a ball that's not that ball, then that's on you as a quarterback even if it hits him in, in both hands and in the face pass on the way out. That's on you as a quarterback all in the position. And guys like Aaron Rodgers, I really don't really I really don't like Aaron Rodgers that much in terms of you know winning Super Bowls. He doesn't compare to Tom Brady. No. But in terms of throwing, if you just watch Aaron Rodgers play, he throws a nice, easy, catchable ball when he needs to, and then he can fire it in there when he needs to. It depends on who he's throwing to and the level of trust he has to just complete the play. He's the, he's the type of quarterback, if you watch him on, you know, what is it, Thursday practices, Friday practice, mm-hmm. up to the game, when the, when the offense always like to go up and down the field on air real quick just to get some confidence, but there will be no balls on the ground. Aaron Rodgers, dropbacks, completions are like nothing to him. He just, it's easy. Um, and then you watch some guys, I quarterbacks I played with in the past, who would throw interceptions in pregame warm-up skelly. Like, you know, they tell the defense not to, you know, to just let lay off and let them But somehow the quarterback finds a way to throw an interception there. Like, it's that type of stuff where you have to know how to manage a game. And um, guys like Aaron Rodgers have it. 
guys like Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, they just they want to show off their arms at the expense of the 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 offense. So it's really kind of selfish when you look at it that way. Wow. Yeah. So mind blown because after you after we had that first initial conversation, I started looking at it in a completely different way, and and I think that's what. Like, and I think that I, I think the game needs to change to that kind of level, though, because if they're going to get all that arm, like, you know, arm strength, guys, and, and, and then you can see like the results in a way, too. It's Is that on like, the quarterback himself or or should the coach be putting that bug in his ear about that? You Like, mm-hmm. you know what your receivers like to catch. So that's the thing, that is the thing. That's why, like, when I would throw things out there, like it's on the coaches, mm-hmm. uh, Uh, that's another thing that is hard to you can't put a number on it you can't quantify it but when when you talk about some of the greatest coaches or this guy everybody throws out oh he's a quarterback whisperer or goo you know and all of this type of stuff because he happened to coach on the same team as a guy who wound up being great uh you know it doesn't work like that it works at like if a guy like cam newton for example comes into the league and uh we still see the same as that Cam Newton we've seen when, when he's when he was a rookie. Now Cam Newton is great, but he could have been a lot better uh, mechanically as a quarterback in order to deliver some of these balls, uh, you know, on time. Uh, guy, and if you look at the basketball sense of things, to give you a, a better picture, Ben Simmons has been the same Ben Simmons since he's came into the league. So if he's doing that, yeah, oh, that's a hundred percent on Ben Simmons, but. It's also on the coach for not demanding more out of him. And, um, and and not like you should be doing more. I'm talking about if you can't teach and provide this guy with a perspective that can change the way he prepares for games that can, you know, that can help him in that way, then that's on you as a coach. What are you doing as a coach if you can't teach somebody that that needs to be actually taught and not just who's already great? Yeah, and 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 Ben Simmons, since we since we went there on him, like he has a lot of the similar attributes that LeBron had coming in. LeBron didn't come into the league as a great shooter. He came in with a big body and an, an, a basketball IQ, and and and, and talent to make those kind of passes and plays, be a playmaker without having that great shot. Um, a will within him. I don't think any coach got to him and said, "LeBron, you need to work on your shot." I think. Within him, he had a fire burn. He wanted to be better every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, he went out there and worked on that shot. And now he, he's not a knockdown shooter yet, but you, you're not going to leave him open like you used to. There was a mm-hmm. final series where somebody just backed off him and left him on threes. You can't do that anymore because he worked on it so hard. Um, ben Simmons, he doesn't appear to have that kind of fire within him. Um, he appears to be a guy who got paid and is just happy that he got paid. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know if that's something that somebody can put in him. I don't know if he has that built in like LeBron did. But doesn't that go back to coaching so that like he needs to get See, a coach to to kind of like uplift, like to kind of light that fire a little bit? I don't know. Um, I, I just, I don't know if he has that chip. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, with, yeah, that's a good point. I think, uh, I don't know if I would compare LeBron and Ben Simmons in terms of shooting. Um, now we hadn't seen Ben Simmons actually shoot the ball a lot enough to compare, but just from watching his technique and form, and uh, just his overall game and from a scoring standpoint, uh, LeBron is so underrated um, when, he, when he was first coming into the league. Now, he wasn't the shooter that he is now by any – but LeBron, he, he could score in so, so many different ways, and his post was so underrated. Um, if you watch those early games against you know, 
Pistons and those types of big games. That he, had, he was scoring from any, any part of the floor. And uh, the thing that's really developed in LeBron is his shooting arsenal. Um, man, that he has a fadeaway shot. Where Turn around, fadeaway. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how many, like 10 yards of a fadeaway. Like he's just taking it. Um, no. And then he has the long deep threes and all the type of stuff that way. But LeBron was better than Ben coming in. And uh, he's gotten better than Ben. Um, yeah, he's been in. Um, I think that the coaching standpoint is relevant when it comes to, for example, Aaron Rodgers, uh, people don't know this, but in college, Aaron Rodgers was not, he couldn't throw the ball the way he no. throws. Mechanics were completely different. Because I got Tedford. Yeah, and that's the no. thing. Um, I actually got the, uh, I have the clinic tape from, from uh, when Aaron Rodgers was in, college working with Jeff Tepper. I went to a clinic uh, a while. the ball up here like this. And that was what Jeff Tepper taught. He taught hold the ball up there like that. Tepper uh, was talking at a clinic about this and teaching that technique. And then at the end, he's like telling everybody, you know, if you want some film or whatever. So I got the film and it is completely different. And yeah. uh, whatever happened between that point and now is amazing. Yeah. Um, how, how effortlessly he can throw the ball. But I think that uh, some of that has to do with natural body movement. and Because, I mean, I throw that way as well. Like, it just doesn't – it was tweaked over time, but it, it doesn't take much if you just relax and throw the ball. And a lot of quarterbacks don't have that. And um, you need to develop. You just need to develop over time. If you don't, then that's on you and that's on your coach. Mm. Yep, yep. Yeah. So going back to Jackson State – how did they land the number one recruit? I mean, even with the NILs, like how, I mean, cause that shocked the, that shocked the sporting world. I mean, that shocked the college football world, in my opinion. I mean, I see the speculation, he, the speculation is that he went there knowing that Dion is going to get a big time job next season and he can just transfer with them. There's no transfer sit out and you know, you don't sit out on the first transfer anymore. So he'll just okay. follow Dion to wherever Dion goes. So you mean another, another college coaching gig? Yeah, a bigger, bigger school. Bigger, mm. But then that kind of ruined the, like, like I, I mean, the HSBCU stuff then too, because then they're just using that as a stepping stone for another bigger college. Because back in the good old days, like before everything, because a lot of people don't know the history of it, like before the colleges started integrating, they, they, they all of them went to historically black colleges before, after they started integrating, everything kind of, kind of changed the shift in that. And that's why it's like, with this kind of going on with the money and everything, do would people use this as like, oh, I can get in and then go move on to a bigger universities? Well, the number one overall uh, prospect doesn't need to do something. Like a, a smaller time player would have to do something like, use it as a stepping stone. He was number one. He could have gone right. wherever he wanted. So he so, didn't need to do that. So he chose Jackson State just because of Dion and then wherever he goes? Or is that speculation? This, this, again, uh, this is all speculation, but it, it, Dion has a deal with Bar, Barstool Sports. And yeah. it's alleged that they paid the guy a million dollars to go to Jackson State with Dion. Oh, like, like uh, kind of like back in the good old days where they used to pay players to come? Well, this you can do this legally now. So Legally now? I'm saying back in the good old days when they, like yeah. blue chips, when they kind of like had like, hey, we'll give you like a, like a, handshake a tractor. <laughs> Come to our school. <laughs> SMU football. Uh, yeah, SMU football. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were big time back in the day. 
But I'm saying they drove up to your house in a Lexus. So like, where does this? Oh, don't worry. The cash is in the back seat. <laughs> but what, no, but, uh, I don't think it. Um, again, I don't. I don't really get into all of that stuff. Um, I think uh-huh. in terms of this guy, and if you look at, um, I don't know if anybody has that quote from when he signed, but he has some good stuff to say. Hunter mm. uh, did when he signed uh, about just changing the landscape. Like he it, is. It seems to me like he understands the gravity of the moment and he wants to make a statement. It seems to me that he's on the same page with Dion. If you listen to Dion when he first uh, took on the job at Jackson uh-huh. State, first stuff to say about changing the landscape, not only of um, college football, the system as a whole, but um, how to do with the HBCU programs. Um, it seems like they're both on the same page. It seems like they're similar type athletes from when they were both coming out of school. Um, and it seems like they're a natural fit. Now, whatever else happened, um, you know, paying this and paying that, um, anybody, if they really were put to the test and put it under a lie detector test, they wouldn't really want to have this conversation when it comes to <laughs> So you got to really look at it like now that a school like Jackson State um, can get in the mix on something like this, now everybody's mad. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't really think that they want to go down that road in, in terms of bringing that up in an argument. Right. Uh, now, in terms of Dion's future, uh, it's, it was kind of interesting watching his last interview. I think he was on uh, uh, Jay Will and uh, Max and, um, and, uh, and Keyshawn. Uh, and, and before, Dion wouldn't really entertain the thought of um, going to another school. Um, I think he says stuff about, like, you know, um, finishing what I start and all of that the same yeah. way I cares to do that I want them to finish and stuff but now he was talking more of you know the job would have to be this the job would have to be that for me mm-hmm. to take. and um, so you could tell he's kind of starting to re- <laughs> wasn't really getting those calls before but he's his phone's probably been you know flooded uh, after getting this recruit so um, he's starting to see some real dollars flying his way not that he needs it but the prestige and the chance to really do something special. Um, I think Dion, he, he would have to be crazy to not be uh, intrigued by that. So, Yeah. And when you, when you see the deal, some of these guys are getting like unlimited use of private jets, they're buying your house, uh, okay. eight plus million a year, uh, <laughs> all this, I mean, lifetime stuff you're getting out of these deals. When you, I mean, you know, you might not need it, but when you hear stuff like that, it's like, you know, but I- I said it to somebody yesterday. I think that it's more about with me, with the recruits, like this number one recruit. I think uh, it's more about Dion saying to those guys, hey, I'll see you in four years when, you know, when you come to the NFL, when I take this Jacksonville job or something yeah. like that. That's what I'm thinking his mindset is on. Not necessarily you can transfer to the state if I get the job. Like that seems to me like it would be a little bit tougher to – um, swing to his players that he was leaving to take a, a better job. But if he's going to the NFL, a place where all of those guys want to go, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. especially those five-star recruits that they're landing, um, they, wanna, they want the assurance, if I'm going to sign with Jackson State and not Florida State, mm-hmm. then I, wanna, I got a road to the, to the league, some, some insurance. You know what I mean? Because uh, you just never know once you, once you go down that road yeah. if someone finds you. You know, so that's yeah, what I, that that actually makes more sense than him transferring if he jumped to another job. That when you when you hear something like that, that's definitely a selling point. 
yeah. look, man, I, I've been there. I know what it takes to get there. I'll probably be there again. When I get there, I'll see. You. So yeah, stuff like uh, that. Yeah, and cha just changing the dynamics of the you know the, the HSBCU schools. Like Gremlin just hired Hugh Jackson. I mean, because it, 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 to me, I don't know, but no, 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 dude. Don't put Hugh Jackson in the same grip. <laughs> oh no, 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 I'm not. I'm not throwing. I'm not a big fan of Hugh Jackson, but I'm just saying, like the opportunities are coming, like yeah. just like Dion. It's like okay, if they can go down. I mean, I'm a Grambling. I love Grambling State. That's just me. You know, since I was a kid. But uh, it's just for me. It's it's like when I think about football, when I think about any kind of schools, they should all be have the same level of kind of playing field so that they have the same opportunities as all the other all the other schools well I no just got the 10 minute warning on the time so we got to keep an eye on it so we don't run out like we did last oh yeah time. <laughs> sorry let me i'll wrap this up real quickly just no, me, we got 10 minutes i'm just letting y'all know oh yeah just for me i i don't like an unplaying playing field because it, it's just unfair advantages to certain schools compared to others now is jackson state are they uh division one fbs with FCS. FCS. fcs fcs yeah because I just want to just, just me. this whole thing has kind of woken up the college football world and I'm glad it happened. That's just me personally. And I'm glad that things are kind of like shifting. Hey man, the shock right the system. Yeah. And, and I'm glad it's doing it the right way because even with, I mean, playing players and, and, and getting these endorsements should have happened a long time ago because in, in essence, every, every athlete is a kind of a, a meaning super. Cause if you can't go, I mean, Chris, you can speak to that. If you can't even go buy yourself food or go buy yourself, it, it's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. And you can't like take money even from certain people who want to help you out. And I've always been a proponent of, well, if these college athletes, they're all like that, just because they play on a team doesn't necessarily mean they don't have struggles. And they're and and, and 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 money is a very huge struggle. It's not like oh, meanwhile you see your coach making ten million a year, and it's like you're you're the one out there. People want to see you. They ain't, they ain't tuning in to see your coach. Yeah, and, so and, good and I'm glad finally getting a bite. And the NCAA is corrupt. I mean, they've been corrupt for years. They, that's they a made, whole show. But. Yeah, that's a whole other show. But the reason why, and I'm glad those lawsuits kind of passed the courts, and they kind of said this is it. And with this whole new, even with who cares what what whatever happened to back of us, Chris said, don't want to talk about it. But I'm glad it's shocking the system in a good way. To 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 actually tell players that hey, there are other options. You don't have to kind of go with what everybody else is doing. And, and it brings light to communities that been kind of disregarded for a very long time. And that's just me. I'm off my soapbox. I'm sorry. No, nah, nah, that's, 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 that's good stuff. I think uh, something that's also going under, under the radar is that the coaches are getting paid a little more at the, well, a lot more at those HBCUs. Um, Eddie George, I think he was making $400,000. Um, I could be wrong, but that's what I saw. Um, and uh, you have any openings for us? Heck. <laughs> and but I think, uh, and I, no telling what Hugh Jackson coming from the NFL, what he's making. But those guys weren't making up. I mean, maybe a hundred, hundred fifty thousand um, before for some of the big name coaches. Um, now it's getting up there, so that's also leveling the playing field and making it more appealing for these guys. Um, and, and getting support from outside entities, uh, donate money to the, you know, the HBCUs is really probably helping that. Uh, but man, I, I think, you know, we just got to be careful because it's, it's funny how these trends go. So now that Deion Sanders is making, you know, uh, headwaves with HBCUs 
now you're going to go out. It's just like the NFL. So, like, now when somebody like Lamar Jackson has great success in the NFL, now everybody wants to go try to find the next Lamar Jackson. But most of these guys don't know what they're looking at, and they're wrong. So you hire a guy like Hugh Jackson, and then you yeah. – <laughs> so, Let's just leave it at that. It just, <laughs> so, all right, doesn't necessarily mean – He's going to be landing a top recruit and, and winning championships and stuff like that when he just never won anything. Right. Uh, so we just got to be careful. Hiring guys like Ray Lewis, hiring guys like Ed Reed, mm. um, guys who are quarterback type of impact guys. Mm. I find, find Lawrence Taylor, get dig him out of a gutter somewhere and hire him for <laughs> Jackson. You know what I'm saying? So I think that, uh, no, I, I definitely um, – Love uh, the direction it's going. I like the statement being made. And I can't um, get off this podcast without mentioning the fact that Colin Kaepernick had a lot to do with all of this type of stuff. Uh, I think yeah. that just taking a stand and bringing awareness and uh, making people have to step back and think about what we're doing. Uh, those young athletes, those young kids who we get on all the time about social media, this and social media, that are the ones changing the landscape they're picking up and carrying the torch from uh what Kyle Kaepernick was doing and they're making statements here and you got to really give them some credit for that absolutely and I, I had him on the list of things to bring up um and it sucks that the NFL is, is now you know he, he was just a little bit too early with this message and the league is all over it now um but if they if they had gotten to that point before they blackballed him um, he'd still be thriving in the league, I believe. Um, he's yeah. still only, what, 33? Um, so he'd still be out there doing his thing. It, it sucks that guys like Josh Rosen still in the league. Uh, Garrett Gilbert is in line to start. Wait, uh, Garrett Jordan, Gilbert's still here? He's on, the, he's on the Washington football team. He's in line to start if, if Kyle Allen doesn't get cleared. Oh, oh, um, I, okay. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Tayamu is on the Washington football team roster. Like, these guys are out here in, in cap. It's not even getting a sniff, man. So, mm -hmm. you know, that – he, he, he's, he's like you said, he lit the torch and now everything is starting to fall in line. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, you know, this is the sacrifices we make, but I think yeah. that really, like I said, the thing that's really the most shocking to me is the young guys, um, these young kids, man. I mean, I couldn't imagine thinking that way when I was coming out of high school, but yeah. I, I had a social awareness about myself, but I, I mean, these guys are actually like to, just think about how big that is for this guy to sign yeah. with Jackson State. I was always afraid that I would get lost in the shuffle if I didn't go Division One. Like I was not, I was not going to settle for anything less than going to a Division One school. Um, and I think, and now this is still Division One, but I'm talking about you know the top level and uh, especially yeah. the five star recruit has his pick in the litter. Mm -hmm. I just and, and uh, doing it, knowing what he's doing, and knowing the impact. Um, I think that, like I said, that's why I kind of connected to it's a trickle down from what Colin Kaepernick did. And I think that uh, these these young kids are really surprising us. We got to give them some credit. I mean, like I said, I get on them all the time for always wanting to post stuff on social media and, and making it all about followers and stuff like that. But, man, hey, I'm a follower of his if he's doing some, some stuff like this. So. That's right. And, and all this stuff got started like basketball actually got this stuff started with the HBCUs. Um, some right. players made some moves in that direction. And so it's, it's falling in line with football now. And, and um, they say uh, a rising tide lifts all ships. 
So hopefully Dion's impact can make the impact on the financial side for the other HBCUs and allow them to have the money to bring in a better quality coaches and, and keep raising the game for, for that level of football. They can keep bringing in the recruits. And, and, and hope, I mean, it would be a dream if everything shifted in that direction, like all black kids would start looking there instead of the power, the power schools. That that be that's a dream, but that would be amazing. Well, to see. it was back in the good old days before yeah, they started. Back in the day, I saw they didn't have any choice. Though. They didn't have any choices, but now the problem, as time has gone on, everything kind of got shifted, and now it's like the shift is coming back to middle, which is how it should have been, and it's oh. really, really like to me because like when your thing is, it's an even playing field now, and when when you have an even playing field, everything's out the door because now. The it's not quite even yet, but it, that it, much harder. It's, it's going in that direction, and mm -hmm. I, I want to see it keep going. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I was like almost feeling like when when Obama became president. <laughs> yeah, or not? I didn't. Hey, I didn't say that out loud or post it on. Damn it! If I didn't feel that way for like yeah. a second. <laughs> no, it, it was. I I was shocked, and it, it was it was amazing to see, and mm -hmm. I, I definitely feel that kind of that kind of feeling too. Yeah, we have, yeah. um, if y'all, if we still had some stuff we wanted to talk about, we have two minutes left in this recording. We can cut this and uh, pick up if y'all want. Yeah. yeah so that's fine. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here um, in this recording. We'll pick right back up. Be right. Talking has to be right back. Welcome back, guys. Uh, we're going to get into the Washington football team game against Dallas and what happened, the debacle, and, and then from starting from the second half, some kind of miracle, and then the miracle fell short. So I'm going to kick it over to Dale to get his thoughts and perceptions, and I'll chime in, and Chris can chime in on what he saw as well. Chris, did you see any of that nonsense last week? Yeah, hey, I caught some of the highlights, but... <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> uh, people have, have been generally aware of Michael Micah Parsons and the difference he's making with that team, but I think... Uh, this was really, if you didn't, if you weren't aware before, you're aware now because he's in defensive player of the year discussions now. He's uh he's legit. Um, the Cowboys got so lucky he fell to them due to some some nonsense about his background and all this stuff. Dude, can, he's a flat out baller. Um, he's uh, he's making an impact on that defense. Um, I'm sure Dan Quinn is is as well. But when you got a guy like that, like he's gonna mask the rest of the stink that they were going through last season. Um, he's he's he can, he's the guy who's leading them to the division uh, crown because um, Dak is, I mean, the offense is not getting it done, but he's, he's keeping them in games with the impact he's having. Um, I had some high hopes coming into this game for the Washington football team. I thought that they could, you know, get, put themselves in the driver's seat for the division, but they, they fell short. Their offense looked terrible um, mm -hmm. due to Parsons and just uh, letting the Cowboys jump on them early. They were playing catch up the whole game and they don't have that kind of system. So just, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't ready. They got shell shocked and um, have to regroup this week. Mm -hmm. It was just frustrating because, like, that offensive line couldn't block anybody that entire game. I mean, it's just... Nah, Randy Gregory and all them dudes were getting in there. Yeah, it, it just... It, to me, it's just... If you were in preparation for this, you should have known they're getting back their pass rushers, and you knew Michael Parsons is going to be a beast. So you should have game-planned around something, at least something. I mean, when you go down 28-0, you lost that game. I mean, even though you say, oh, two halves, Mentally, it's hard to come back. It's I don't know. I mean, but it also showed one thing. Dallas is not as strong as people think they are. I mean, because if you if you lost, 
offensively, right? So that means their defense has to keep in them games, which we all knew that defense is going to be stacked. But if you let a team that's as, as just as strong as you come back in that game, that game was, the game was over. That game was over. But unfortunately the Washington football team is not that strong. They never will be until they get certain pieces in place. Um, QB. That, uh, I don't think it was. Uh, yeah. I mean that, but I, I also think it's just, there's certain things around the, the play calling that was called. Uh, I, I just did. I just don't understand certain things because yeah. if you're going to pass the ball more often, you got to get that, that rush was insane. I mean, they were just rushing four people. They're just rushing four people and they, and you couldn't stop. And then, then, then they started bringing the blitz <laughs> and Michael Parsa, you can't, you can't block. He's a man child. You can't block him. He, he's just, he, he's a special, special player. And you can do whatever you want, but you have to factor that into your gameplay. He's like, okay, guys, he's going to be disruptive, but let's work around it. Let's see what we can do. And I just don't feel that they, they could have ran the ball efficiently, in my opinion, but they didn't know how to run it efficiently. Like, I, I don't know if that makes sense. It's just yeah. that, like, like, I saw the blocking schemes, and it just wasn't to their strength. They were trying to block a little bit more to the kind of like a speed rush because everybody was, was just – I mean, you can't let the guy go free <laughs> and just like, I, I don't know. I was just so frustrated. I, I have no words to explain, but I know something was not right with that line. It's just their blocking scheme was horrible, even when it came to the run. And, and then all of a sudden, the second half, they started running the ball. They started gaining yards. And I also think Dallas let off the gas pedal a little bit. They said that we're up 28 nothing. And when they started coming back, like, oh, we have to play now. And that's why the game was close. They could have scored one more touchdown if they wanted to, and that game was over. That game was already over before it started. <laughs> I was jumping I think, there. What'd you see? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, when it comes to Dallas, their defense is top notch. Um, the offensive line is nothing to sneeze at. Obviously, they got Dak and uh, Zeke. Um, they got the makings of a team who can make a you know a run at an NFC championship, kind of similar to you know back in the in the 90s um people underrate their defense in the 90s but they had a stout all across the board defense um so they're kind of mimicking that team uh those teams um i think that they still probably are one piece away from an actual super bowl but they got uh they got a chance to really do something and make some noise in the playoffs because of their defense um not only michael parsons um they got guys all across the board that are making plays um Thanks. on that defense yeah oh yeah for sure and so, uh, you know, I, I saw an article today about Parsons, actually, that was uh, comparing him to Lawrence Taylor and yeah. become the first rookie to win defensive player of the year. Um, and that's a real possibility. I mean, he's making impacts on games. I know we've talked about that in the past. And his stats aren't just stats. They're, they're really impact-driven. And uh, he's energizing that entire defense, um, you know, kind of like a, a Ray Lewis or a Lawrence Taylor type of guy. And uh, he's giving him some identity. So I think that the Cowboys' future is looking bright if they continue to draft well and uh, continue to man a uh, uh, mentality. Uh, the Redskins, uh, excuse me, Washington football team, uh, they got, yeah, I heard uh, one of you guys mentioned quarterback just now. You know, I get it. Uh, their guys are holding it down as, you know, formidable uh, quarterbacks, but they're not an identity when it comes to, uh, giving that offense any type of, you know, threat, uh, making them a threat to other teams. Um, when you go and play Washington, you know it's going to be a close game. 
because those guys are going to just try to play mistake-free football. Nobody's out there trying to actually win you a game. And that the t- your teammates know that. Like, um, you know, and uh, one of the things I used to love about watching when I watched Michael Vick play, um, not only in college but in the pros, is every time he would break back when people used to actually huddle, um, when they would break the huddle and walk up to the line of scrimmage, you could just tell his teammates just knew they were going to win. Like, they knew they were going to execute and make plays. You could just see the swagger that they walked with, and uh, it gave everybody the confidence that each game uh, they could win that game. Uh, the, the Washington football team doesn't have that identity yet. They don't have quarterback. And until they get it, they're not going to be in contention to do really anything. Um, I mean, six and six is great. I mean, Ron, Ron Rivera should be given high praise for holding it together and not making it a complete debacle. But um, they got to get that guy at quarterback, and also they got to get an established running game going. Uh, that running back by committee is really not helping them. It hasn't for the past, I don't know, five or six years. Um, they got to have an identity at running back as well, and they don't have that yet. Yeah, but I was saying uh, on the previous uh, last week before the game that they had to use the same recipe that they had been on this winning streak with, hopefully keeping the game close with the run game, um, not giving up any big plays. And then, unfortunately, they just, you know, Dallas got went out there and, and scored early. And from there, they were playing catch up. They're not that kind of team where they can. I mean, they somehow came back in the game. I think Dallas helped them out. Dak threw a pick at, at, at some point in the second half. Uh, Dallas helped them out a bit. And then Antonio Gibson fumbled and then the fumble at the end of the game. So they were right there. But the recipe to win that game was what they had been doing, keeping it close and then making a play at the end. Unfortunately, it just got away from them. But um, this week against the Eagles, even though a bunch of guys might be out, they got to try to play that same game plan that, that had been working for them, keep the game close. Because Heineke is not a guy. We, we bring up arm strength. I don't think arm strength is, is, is what holds him back. I think it's just um, – he, he still has that, I, I want to try to make a play in him instead of just running the system. And that's, that's how the game got away from them this week. Um, if you just go out there and run the ball, keep it close. I don't care if you're not, um, you know, turning the drives into scores. Just drive, control the clock, um, keep it close. And then in the end, they can pull it out because the Eagles aren't going to go out there and, and drop 40 on you. Um, not, with, not with what they run. So keep the game close and pull it out in the end. Is Hertz playing on on Tuesday now? The they haven't. Game? They haven't said yet. I expect him to be out there though. Hmm. Yeah, that that game. I mean, against against the Cowboys. I mean, like as we stated, like if if they just ran the ball efficiently, I, mean, I think without J D. McKissick, I think that kind of hurt them too. That hurt. I mean, yeah. that did hurt them because he could, he's a scat back from the back, and then you have to cover him. And so Micah Parsons could have covered him if they if they were trying to play a different scheme. But... And see, they were they were trying to block Parsons with with running backs, like on those blitzes. He ate that up. Like it was. I mean, what are you doing? You don't know this dude is, is the best defensive player, at least in the division, or maybe in the league. You know, try to block him on a running back, like he was running circles around them. He he took like uh, I think he took what um, he blew up one of the linemen. I don't know what it was. he just did a straight bull. Yeah. Rush. Uh, one of the guards. Yeah, it was one of the guards. I, I think he just went. Like, it wasn't even. It was just like he just picked him up and drove him back. And I'm like, I haven't seen a bull rush like that in a long time. Like I remember when John Randall used to do it back in Minnesota. That's the kind of thing that kind of reminded me of. He just took him and then just drove him. I don't know if y'all watch Hard Knocks. Um, hmm. He he was popping at Hard Knocks. Like just uh, you, his personality is just like he he's so infectious like when you have that kind of attitude on the, on mm-hmm. the team on the defense that's gonna lift everybody if you're such a positive kid and oh, yeah. high energy like he's the kind of dude you would love to play with 
not not want to play against. <laughs> How far did he fall to Dallas in the, in the past draft? I think he was around number 10. Let me see. Because yeah. the reason why I'm asking is like the Washington football team had a top. He was thing. number 11. He's number 11, right? So, and Ron Rivera said they had him graded high and they would they would have picked him. And I'm thinking, well, you picked Jermaine Davis. So did you make him? Jermaine Davis was... was I think it was in the second round or the... No, he, he was, was the first round, like 15th pick or something like that. 15th pick? Okay. Oh, right, because because they won the East last year. That's why they had... 19th the, pick. So they didn't really have a shot at Parsons. They could have traded up, but... They could have traded up or... or Jermaine Davis something. is coming around too. Mm-hmm. He's going to be good. I like him too. I mean, he he's fast. He 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 knows where. I mean, he's just think. It's just like if you had a shot of picking Parsons. I mean, what what would you have given up to get him? Because I mean, I mean, not knowing what you know now. I mean, of not course. what you know now. But I'm. Just, but it's, it's, the thing is with me, like people have rumors everywhere. Like in the draft, just to ruin the player's stock so they can get or yeah, kind of ruin. And, it, it, and, and that's what frustrates me the most when people talk like that nonsense is because this is someone's livelihood you're messing with. And, and, it, and it's frustrating because they're, they, and some people lose out, like they, they, they lose a lot of money and, and, and you can become like the top, like, you know, the first round draft pick top 10 can go to the third or fourth round or fifth round because somebody doesn't like what you said, or they just don't want you to get picked. And it, 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 and it's just like, and, and, and when those things start creeping into GM's heads and people who want to pick, make those picks, it's just, it's just that, Oh, it's the what if doubt. And that's how, I mean, that kind of happened with Randy Moss back in the day too. People put yeah. stuff out there and, you know, exactly. And that's why I was like, maybe you should just do your own research. And like, if you feel that this guy is good, see if you can get him. If you can't, and then move on to the next player in the draft, on your draft board. I could be completely wrong in my thinking, but I think I just have a soft spot for people who want to make like, cause they work their whole lives to get to this point and you're ruining someone's dream, but maybe I'm just, you know, full of hot air and I don't know what I'm talking about, but I just, uh, you know, that's, that's how I feel. I'm kind of a little bit passionate when that stuff happens because I hate rumors. I hate people kind of like dogging people just because of some stupid thing that they did when they were in college. I mean, everybody does stupid things. I mean, I mean, as long as you don't do anything to harm anybody, like who cares? Like at the end of the day, who cares? Yeah. And we pick, sometimes whose stuff we want to glorify and whose stuff we want to get on them for. I mean, you got Peyton Manning had issues coming out. Yep. Uh, got, uh, Nobody talks one? about it. Joe Mixon uh, for the Bengals still got drafted. Um, so we, you know, sometimes we, that can, I don't, I'm not going to worry about that. It's about winning those games and, and unless you're doing something, you know, breaking a law and stuff like that. Yep. But you talk about the draft, and guys, you could have had Michael Parsons. I think that if you want to change the identity, now look at the Detroit Lions picking at number seven. Like, they got Penn A. Sewell. But really, if you look at it, why would you get an offensive lineman to try to build your program when you had nothing else on your roster? <laughs> it really doesn't matter, like, who you blocking for. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. why would you start out with an offensive lineman? That's just like mm-hmm. – um, they could have established an identity um, on defense by getting a guy like Michael Parsons. Like to the naked eye, you know, that would at least show the fan base you're actually trying to do something. But what have we heard Penn Sewell's name all season? Like mentioned Ooh. that. <laughs> so, but that that's not really the move I would make there. And 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 when you also look at it, um, the Carolina Panthers uh went defense. Um they took a corner. Uh we have probably, I mean, he's he's doing okay, but I haven't really heard his name uh much. Um, when you're talking about trying to build around Sam Darnold and make his life a little easier. 
Uh, you probably want to get a guy who's a quarterback of a defense uh, like a Michael Parsons. Uh, but yeah, stuff like that. I look at more, um, you know, these GMs are out here making a lot of, you know, questionable moves. And then you got to look at also the Chicago bears. They've always been known for their defense and uh, they right now are quarterbacking without Justin Fields to, to mostly most of the season. They've been without Justin Fields trying to develop him. Uh, they could be, you know, they could be benefiting from Michael Parsons on defense. Oh, I, I would like to say, cause I, I became a Bears fan over the summer cause they hired their first Indian American defensive coordinator. I was just ecstatic. What's and his name? Uh, Come on, man! You just you just you just hyped him up. You don't even know his name. <laughs> I followed him on Twitter. I think his name, his name is Sean Desai. All I care about is Indian American because because when I played, my it's like I want that. That was my step to go to the NFL is to play in the NFL to be the first. Because like, you don't see yourselves, right? You see everybody else, and you pick your players. And I've had mine. And I'm like, well, when you're growing up, you want to see individuals who kind of represent your culture, your background, and you want to say, okay, I can relate. But at the same time, it's just like a lot of my friends are like, oh, yeah, he's in here. I'm like, you don't understand the significance that, that, that this has. Like, like I, I almost I actually cried. I almost cried because I told my wife, I'm just like, you don't understand like the significance this has on me personally is because when you play the game you love and you see somebody who's like maybe not played in the pros, but he's coaching, you can say, okay. I can see him. He's coaching. I can get to myself to that level some way, shape, or with hard work and dedication. Chris, and I'm like, you, this, this speaks volumes. Did you play, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, Did you go play ahead. against Champ Kelly? No, I didn't play. I didn't <laughs> play against him, but uh, um, he – I think he uh, owned one of the arena football teams that I played for. He oh, was so like he's a, older. He was in the front he was around your age. Yeah, he's older than me by a few years. The reason I brought up Champ Kelly, Champ Kelly, he's um, he's uh, like the notch below the GM of the Bears, and uh, he probably mm -hmm. had some some hand in, in that hire. So that's why I brought his name up. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, your guy is not one and done because they might clean house after this season with the Bears. They're, they're going to clean house. I, I, I hope they're going to clean house. I hope not. Uh, I like Champ as a dude. He's a good dude. Um, so I hope they uh, give them dudes one more year. You can, you can get Nagy out of there for all I care, but. You know, I hope I hope your your guy sticks around and. Uh, yeah, I mean the defense is not the defense. Good. Yeah, I the mean, defense they're, they're is not the decent. problem. It's just their their offensive schemes is horrible. Yeah. I mean they they really have nobody. Nagy is not the guy. So no, and and, and that's what I don't understand. You, like, you, step you, in fire, there. you fire Urban Meyer, who's who's a piece of like, I, I don't want to even use the word. He, he's not a very good human being. To to Nagy, who's almost just as bad as not a like. Like, he, he's just a horrible coach. If he's if he's bad, it's like if, if you have a bad CEO, you take care. You 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 you, you have a vote. You vote him out. <laughs> like like that's. I mean, doesn't really make sense coming from Andy Reid's system. I mean, all you got to do is come out there and run that same kind of scheme, and it doesn't seem like he really has a scheme. It's like I don't, the, I don't know I also, what they're doing. That and I also feel that not everybody can understand the scheme either, right? He, he probably was one of those guys in the back that just took the notes and didn't really apply the notes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, I I look at their Bears and I'm like, I thought the Bears would be good, at least decent this year with Justin Fields at quarterback. I think he could like. I I, I hated him at Ohio State because I just despised him. <laughs> I mean, they crushed. I mean, every time we play, they crushed them. So I was like, I was like, screw him. I hate him. But you know, it's like even with Tom Brady. I mean, I hate him as the New England Patriot quarterback for all these years. And 
If he went to Tampa Bay, I might still hate him. But speaking of New England, uh, you got Jimmy oh. G out there in San Francisco. Do you think? Uh, I mean, he's he's starting to come on like big time here lately, um, and they're putting some wins together. Do you do you think Jimmy G <laughs> can take this this run heavy team? Do you think he has what it takes to be that manager that they need to go go on a playoff run? Yes, that's perfect for Jimmy G. That's the type of offense. Yeah. He, um, he, you know, he's been criticized for being a game manager, but at the end of the day, uh, Jimmy G, you know, he can execute an offense. I, I mean, with the best of them, uh, he can, he can, uh, it, it just looks crisp. He can drop back. He can put the ball on the money whenever he needs to. He breaks the huddle. Like I said about Vic, he breaks the huddle with confidence brings the team up to the line, makes the checks, does everything you want to do. Every now and then, um, if, like I remember back when he played in the Super Bowl, he made a couple of questionable plays in that in that game. But overall, I think that might have been more about coaching um, yeah. as I think back to when Matt Stafford just beat the, um, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, that was about coaching. Bring that up too. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, when it comes to that Super Bowl, I think that was more about coaching. Um, Jimmy G has been one of the most consistent and most solid quarterbacks over the last, I don't know, five or six years. Um, he's right up there, top ten as far as most consistent uh, quarterbacks, and you want that, especially when you're starting a program. Like right now, if you want me to throw something out there, if I had to choose between. The next five years, if I'm starting a program and I only could choose from uh, uh, Jimmy G and uh, a guy like um, um, with uh, Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville, I would choose Jimmy G for the fact that I know what I'm getting out of him. And uh, he's been there and he's I mean, he wins. Like I don't know how he when he took over for San Francisco, when he first got there, he went on a, a, a hot streak. I think it was six uh, straight games, something like that. But yeah, before he got hurt. Um, yeah. And, I'm rolling and uh, he energizes, you know, his teammates obviously believe in him. So I would stick with him. I think he's doing great. And, um, you know, I think he'll continue to do great. They'll do some stuff this year if they, if they, uh, you know, get their act together. <clears throat> yeah. When he's healthy, his record is ridiculous. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that speaks for us. So if you're winning games, uh, you can't just promote a guy like Trey Lance. I'm proven until I'm, it's it, Jimmy G has shown he's he's hard to count on from an injury standpoint, but like I said, when he's healthy, the results speak for themselves. You got to stick with that and let that play out. You're under no rush to get a guy like Trey Lance out there. He's under a rookie deal for I mean at least five years with the option for the fifth year. So let that play out just like Green Bay did. See where he can take this team. The and if you look at it and look look at uh who, who outside of Lamar Jackson, you know, has really won that many games and been that consistent mm -hmm. as a starter since they've come into the league. So yeah. if you're going to praise Lamar Jackson, you got to give some love to Jimmy G. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. People, people me, the only... If I could, okay, because Matt Nagy, I don't know what you guys are seeing, but Matt Nagy has been winning games with subpar talent at the quarterback position for, for a while now. And he's not getting nearly as much love as a guy like Sean McVay, who, you know, is the quarterback whisperer and now we give him this prize possession and Sam, uh, Matt Stafford. Um, it, it's like he had to put up with Jared Goff all of those years. Well, if you look at Matt, St uh, Matt Nagy, okay. And the quarterbacks he's had these last year, Andy dog, uh, who, uh, what's the guy's name from before? Trubisky. Trubisky. I like Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky was fine. <laughs> I like Trubisky too, but I'm just saying, if you look at everything, 
that's what they say about him. He wasn't great. And uh, you look at, uh, you know, the, the situation he has right now, it hasn't been great. But for whatever reason, you, ne- you never talk about the Bears in those first round, the first pick in the draft and all that type of stuff, and one in 13 and these types of records. He's been middle of the pack. You know, um, similar to if if uh, Teddy they made Bridge- the playoffs. Did they make the playoffs last year or the year before? I think it was the year before, and then they—I mean—they went on a little run uh, about three or four years ago, um, and almost did some stuff in the playoffs. So I think that uh, you got to give Matt Nagy a little slack, cut him a little slack when they get themselves a real quarterback in there. I think they can really make some noise in the playoffs. So you think Justin Fields is not their quarterback of the future? I never thought Justin Fields was, I mean, I thought he's, I, I just don't see, I, I think he's got to develop his mechanics. Mm. Uh, you know, he's a great, you know, I think he'll, he'll have a career. He could have the potential to have a career like Cam Newton, but if you really look at Cam Newton, Cam Newton could have continued to get better after his Super Bowl run, had he improved on some of his mechanics and things like that. Um, you can only have a, so high of a ceiling. I love Lamar Jackson. He's the same way. Like he'll have a great career. Same, same like Michael Vick and those types of guys. But if they don't get better uh, mechanically, you know, it's going to be you're going to be out of the league before you want to be out of it. So. True, true, true. I don't like Ohio State quarterbacks in general, and uh, I didn't like Justin Fields because he he like when they're getting he just doesn't look like he cares. And Jay Cutler was that way too. That just that I don't care attitude. But Jay Cutler had talent that could you know mask that kind of attitude and Justin Fields ain't there yet. Um, and that's, that's believes his own hype. That's what I don't like about him. Yeah. He, look at him, like talk, like he doesn't talk much. Like he's not a flamboyant guy, but when he does, you can tell he's feeling himself. And I don't know where he's getting that from. You know? I don't know. I don't see it. I just got the 10 minute warning from Zoom again. So. <laughs> the 40 minutes just flew by on this thing. Um, do y'all get those? Does that pop up on you? Because David said it popped up when he was on once. Um, yeah, it pop up on ours. But um, <laughs> so Washington down the stretch to make the playoffs here. They they got the Eagles coming up. Cowboys again, Eagles again, and Giants. They have uh, to win out to win. You th- you think that? Yeah. Because I said they out. probably had one a leeway for one loss, which happened. I don't think. I mean, the, that one loss was against Dallas at here, yeah. <laughs> and and they, they, if they want to make the playoffs, they have to win. They're not making the playoffs. I mean, if if they lose to any team right now, they're not making the playoffs, and they can't they can't afford to like have a mistake ridden game. They have they have to play a perfect game, and that's very difficult to do because with all this COVID um, things popping up and things like when your players are out, when your star players are out, it's very difficult to win with backups to the backups. I'm predicting three and one down the stretch, and I'm predicting the playoffs. That's that's. Uh, Okay, um, I, I like your optimism. I mean, I'm, I, I very do like your optimism. I, I have to, since my blood pressure has been risen for the last couple of games um, and my doctor has told me to take my meds regularly after the game, I'm going to go two and two and uh, they're going to miss That's out more realistic. Playoffs, get a good draft pick. Hopefully they can get a good draft pick and settle in. The problem is the quarterback situation in the draft is not good, but hopefully the free agent market may settle in but if if nothing is in free agency i would still i mean you still have fitzpatrick give or take i mean i think he's on a one-year deal he is but i think i'll resign him again because he hasn't you don't think no i mean who do you i mean you're gonna go with heineke i mean i I love heineke but i don't think that that, i mean 
he brings a different it factor, but I don't think it's the it factor. Like, there should be some guys on, on the market this coming offseason. And when you got um, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson in the market, that's going to free up other dudes for Washington to get a, get a, a kick at. So um, yeah, but let's be real, Dale. They're not going to get those two. Guys. No, no, no. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying when you got competition for those two guys being hot, mm. um, that'll leave some guys falling down to Washington that they probably wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity to get. So yeah, as far as a veteran bridge, you know, somebody will be out there for that. But then they have you got to draft the quarterback this year. This coming, I mean, year. in this in this draft or the next because the, the this coming one. Draft, I I know what they're saying about this being a weak draft, but there's always somebody. That's yeah. that's true, but 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 would you really want to waste it on somebody that you don't think is going to be that, or you want to get like a player that's going to be a stud? See, like, I think everywhere else they don't. Outside a quarterback, what's what's their next biggest hole? Linemen. They need they they need to have like their a, line you know, is playing well this season. Uh Nah, bro. I'm sorry. I, I, I would say this. They played well up to the Dallas game. That Dallas game showed me a lot that kind of kind of that, made me think. To me, that was more a scheme than line. And the quarterback. The quarterback yeah. decision yeah. Um, wasn't, you know, that it was a third down, like right at the end of the game uh, when they had a mm. chance. They were driving. Right. And then quarterback held the ball too long, trying to make a decision, and he got sacked. Now, Looked like all the defense was getting after it and blitzing and doing all that, but and the line wasn't blocking. But that was that was totally on the quarterback right there. So if you get a quarterback who just like we talked about Jimmy G, like a guy who just can make decisions and get mm. the ball and whether he's throwing it away or throwing it to a target, he won't give up those plays like that fumble streak that you know, keep your momentum going as an offense. I mean, as you said, the later rounds don't mean guaranteed stuff. So if they get somebody in the later rounds from like, 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 like let's say even like a D2 school, I mean, at the end of the day, as, as Chris was pointing out, if, if they can just get those kind of things, like if, if they're just like, you know, the mechanics of a game manager, I mean, that's, and this system per se, I mean, if they change the system, that's a different story. But I mean, going back two and two, that's it. They're not making the playoffs. I, I'm, I'm being the pessimistic Skins fan that or the Washington football fan that's inside of me, but the realistic says two and two. Chris, what's your prediction out of the next four? Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. I mean, I think they can go. I think they'll probably go two and two. I think um, if you had to choose between the Eagles and the and the Washington making the playoffs, who would you pick? Ooh, Washington. Uh, I'll, I'll pick Washington. Yeah, I'm more uh, as a team. I mean, I would tend to agree with you just because uh, um, Eagles quarterback situation is not looking consistent. Um, I like I like Gardner Minshew. He he might the stash. He, he might be a guy who you know some people try to go after, um, you know, and whatever. But um, you know, he's better than some guys who are starting right now. I can tell you that. Uh, now that's a great name to, that you brought up as Gardner Minshew because I liked him in Jacksonville. He got a raw end of that deal, even though with Trevor Lawrence thing, I like how he played. And I mean, he's as you said, the game. I think he can game manage a game really well, and I think he can. He does things that people don't give him credit for. So, well, I think the thing was is that uh, when Nick Foles came hmm. down, and uh, they were expecting Nick Foles to do great things, and then I think he got hurt. Um, Gardner Minshew was supposed that was his year right there. He was supposed to come in and do something and he did it. And so I think from that point on, I think people jumped off the Gardner Minshew bandwagon. So yeah. he had a great opportunity to solidify. He did. He didn't take advantage of it. So 
Um, but I think he's still, a, he's, he's better than me. Than, I mean, he's like a Derek Carr type of guy hmm. where Derek Carr should be a backup. Garner Minshew should be a backup. Like a lot of guys, these are quality. When you think of the guys in the nineties, the Jeff Harstellers, the Frank Wright, they're those type of guys. They're not supposed to be starters. So we're judging these guys from, from a standpoint of being a starter. So we're being a little too harsh on them. They, they're, they're the backups I would want. Like I would draft that guy in the fourth, fifth round to be my to be my backup, and I pay him to keep him. I pay him a couple million dollars to keep a guy like that on my roster as a backup. Well said. That, that yeah. that's actually a very good point because we're putting them in a caliber of like the Rodgers, the Bradys, the even um uh, who's the uh, the quarterback for the Cardinals, Murray. Uh, Murray. Yes, mm-hmm. you're putting him in that, that that upper echelon where they don't really belong. That's a very well. That's a very well. That's a good point. That's a very good point. With the two minute warning, warning coming up here, I want to wish my my niece Grace happy birthday, oh. and uh, wish her good luck in her game today. Uh, yeah. What time yeah. is the game? Well, she's starting her second game now. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna head on over there and catch the third one. They got three of them. She played one at nine and one at eleven. She'll play another one at one. Good deal. So, yeah. She's going to be expecting some presents when I get there. So I guess I'll. <laughs> yeah, I sent her a gaming headset. That was on her list of things she wanted. So hopefully she likes that. I should be there today. For sure. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, tell her we're all, we're all thinking about her and wishing her luck. Yeah, happy birthday to her as well and good luck in the games. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank so you. I'll, I'll probably, uh, if she's not busy later, we'll FaceTime her so she can say hey to Xander. We can wish her happy birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah, she would like that. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks. Uh, you're doing a great job. Um, and, you know, Dale, I just want to tell you with this podcast, I think it's great. You guys both, I think you guys are doing um, a great job. This is one of the better podcasts I've been on. People ask me to come on podcasts. Uh, wow. You know. Wow. That's a that's a huge compliment, man. We'll have like, to send you a hat. Yeah, we have to send you a hat. I rock it. I rock it uh, around here in these St. Louis parts. Um but yeah, I think uh, yeah, people ask me to be on. You know, I talk a lot of trash on social. <laughs> people want me to be on their podcast, but I tend to say no because it's kind of, you know, I don't want the pressure of trying to do too much on the podcast to make it relevant. But you guys yeah. got to talk about stuff. You got your passion, and it just it feels natural, and it comes off as you know that way. So I appreciate it, and uh, I think y'all are doing good stuff. No, I mean, we appreciate like for you yeah, like, taking the time to come on our like, you know, we just started this like a couple of months ago. We're just like, hey, let's see where this takes us. And we look forward to having you and anybody else who wants to join us because you're taking time out of your day and that's much more appreciative. And, you know, yeah, that stuff is good to hear because we hadn't gotten any feedback whatsoever. We just, we just get on and do it. And then yeah. that's that's that's, good. that's encouraging and good to hear that. That drives us to keep on going. <laughs> yeah, man. Words of those words really mean a lot. So thank you. You need to get one going because when you you sound like you know what you're talking about all the time. So yeah, dude. Like that, like you said, that stuff you post, you could easily have a show about all that stuff. Yeah, I just like talking trash. <laughs> I've been saving it up for so many years. I just yep, so, yep. yeah, yeah. You guys keep it up, man. I'll definitely you know try to get back on here and uh, you know keep it up I'm, I'm gonna be uh looking and uh keeping an eye out and praying for you guys to continue success with it thank you much appreciate it appreciate it